podcast. This is David Cole from Dallas, Texas, and it's January 10th, 2021. The recent violence in the Capitol has brought intense scrutiny to the final days of the Trump administration. A central constitutional question in those remaining days is whether President Trump has the power to pardon himself from potential prosecution for crimes under federal law. As with many such issues, the Constitution's language sketches a general outline of the president's pardon power, but does not answer this specific question directly. Review of it reminds how reading the Constitution generally leads to a dialogue about what kind of a country we aspire for the United States to be. Article 2 of the Constitution defines the executive branch of the federal government. Section 2 provides in relevant part that the president shall have power to grant reprieves and pardons for offenses against the United States except in cases of impeachment. Looking at this text, the language is not limited as to who may receive a pardon. And while the Supreme Court has not addressed the question of a self-pardon, it has acknowledged the breadth of this language on the few cases it has taken that have addressed the pardon power. An example is Ex parte Garland back in 1866. The Supreme Court upheld a pardon by President Andrew Johnson of a former Confederate senator, and that court observed that the power to pardon is unlimited and extends to every offense known to the law and may be exercised at any time after its commission, either before legal proceedings are taken or during their pendency or after conviction and judgment. And at least some of the historical context from the time that Article 2 was drafted supports a broad reading of it. The idea of the pardon came to framers from the English law at the time, under which the monarch was the ultimate source of both prosecutions and potential reprieves from prosecution in the form of pardons. Obviously, the American Revolution took place to get rid of an absolute monarch, but the presidency created by the Constitution is no monarchy, as he must stand for re-election and may be impeached by the legislative branch of government. So, along these lines, the argument would be that the framers knew how to limit the power of the executive to make him not be a king, and fully aware of what a pardon was, they chose not to do so here. These observations bring us to the structure of the Constitution, along with the re-examination of some of the specific words used in Article II's grant of pardon power, and here we see the counter-argument. For these observations, I acknowledge the excellent work of Philip Bobbitt of Columbia University at the University of Texas. It's well summarized in a very good article on the Lawfare blog in June of 2018. We've been looking at Section 2 of Article 2. Section 3 of that article says that the president shall take care that the laws be faithfully executed. A key word in this clause is the word execution, carrying out. There's a general, there's a specific aspect of the choice of this word that bears on the question of self-pardon. The general observation ties into a basic concept throughout English law and Roman law before that. In the Latin, it was nemo judex in causa sua. Taken into English, the maxim is a man may not be a judge in his own case. That simple-sounding maxim is the basis of a number of due process principles in our law, and it was the central idea in the Justice Department's conclusion in the 1970s that President Nixon did not have a self pardon power. It's simply stated, but it is profoundly important to the effective operation of government. The founders were surely aware of it when they drafted these provisions of Article 2. More specific is Professor Bobbitt's point that the word execution implies the operation of the system of criminal justice of which the president is the head. If the head law enforcement officer can excuse himself from the operation of that process, he has definitionally 
thwarted the effective execution of the system. It holds true uniquely for the president, not other people, because only the president holds both the power to pardon and the power to execute the law. For anyone else, arguably, the pardon power is simply part of the system of laws that he must faithfully execute, but applied to the president, the command to take care to faithfully enforce the laws cannot be carried out if he excludes himself from that operation with a pardon. Relatedly, the term faithful in this clause has a long history of English and Roman law tied to the concept of a fiduciary, someone who, like a trustee or a lawyer, is charged with holding someone else's property or rights and keeping it safe. Allowing a fiduciary to self-deal is prohibited by that line of legal authority, and some historians suggest that this word, the concept of a fiduciary not self-dealing, necessarily means that a president cannot self-pardon because that would not be a faithful execution of his duties in this area. This reading would also suggest that he could not pardon close relatives or perhaps alleged co-conspirators because the same problems of self-interest would then arise. This point of view has been developed in more detail by professors Jed Sugarman and Ethan Lieb of the Fordham University School of Law in New York. These ideas on this part of Article 2 lead to Section 4 of Article 2, focused on by Professor Akhil Amar of Yale. Section 4 authorizes impeachment for receiving a bribe. Professor Amar argues that giving yourself a pardon, which necessarily means giving yourself a benefit, is the equivalent of a bribe. And that idea is consistent with other cases on a different issue that interpret the double jeopardy clause of the Constitution, the idea that you cannot be forced to stand trial over and over again for the same alleged offense. That has broad language, not unlike that of the pardon clause, but it is settled that you cannot bribe your way into an acquittal in a first case and then claim double jeopardy in later cases. And this general line of argument would say the same result would obtain here. This debate between these points of view about these different provisions of the Constitution is a classic discussion about how to read the Constitution. One provision, read in isolation, has broad language. That language, the language of other terms, arise from rich historic traditions that at times are not entirely consistent. And then from those starting points, the one clause must be read consistently with other constitutional provisions that have similarly broad language. Just as we did in the impeachment debates of a couple of years ago, that exercise leads not just to judicial debate before the courts, but a strong and vibrant debate in the political branches and among us who elect the members of the political branches over just what we want the United States to be. Today on Coal Mind, I reviewed the key provisions of Article 2 of the Constitution, speaking to the President's power to pardon, and considered some of the arguments, pro and con, as to whether the pardon power extends so far as to allow the President to pardon himself. If President Trump were to choose to do so, these arguments would likely be debated in the judicial system all the way to the Supreme Court, and likely also in the executive and legislative branches as they consider potential prosecutions, impeachments, and other such legal proceedings. This may or may not be the last coal mine episode review constitutional issues presented by a decision by President Trump. Only the headlines can tell us that. But whatever the headlines may tell us, you are able to follow this podcast on all of the main podcast directories now, including Amazon and Pandora most recently. If you like the podcast, I encourage you to leave a good review on Apple Podcasts. I appreciate you listening, and I look forward to sharing with you again soon.